You are the light of the world, like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under the desk, but instead places it on the stand for all to see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine before others so that everyone may praise our Heavenly Father. We are the light of the world, church, and we are called to be a light in many different aspects. As you know, uh, at least probably most of you today is what we call Orphan Sunday. Maybe you've never heard of Orphan Sunday. Maybe you don't know a lot about it, but I am excited to be able to share uh, on this very special day. We are kicking off a brand new series today called Do You See What I See? And we're going to be talking about orphans today. I posted a video on our social media page yesterday. If you don't know uh, a lot about it, you can go back and watch that. It kind of explains a little bit about what Orphan Sunday is. But in a nutshell, uh, the, the short version is that it is a day that is recognized worldwide, literally, uh, where churches will stand up and acknowledge that there is a desperate need uh, for us as a church to step up and to take care of orphans and widows. There's another name that people often say called Stand Sunday, uh, where people will choose to stand up and say, hey, I will say yes to Jesus in whatever capacity that looks like in the child welfare, welfare space, whether it's adopting, whether it's foster care, whatever it may be. And so this is something that uh, if you've been around this year, you know that we are, uh, we are passionate about as a church. It is something that we want to create a culture of at our church, something that we strive to accomplish and, uh, and make a difference and an impact in as a church. As you also know, it's something that's very near and dear to my heart, and I am so passionate about this, uh, this topic, this, um, this reality that you and I uh, get to sometimes kind of overlook. And, uh, and so here we are this Sunday, Orphan Sunday. I want to be sharing a thought with you um, throughout this message that I hope will challenge you. I hope will uh, kind of open your mind, will kind of uh, allow you to see things differently. And this thought is this, we are not all called to do the same thing, but we are all capable of doing something. We're, not, we're not, not all called to do the exact same thing. We're not all called to, to adopt a child or to bring a child into our home. But you and I and everyone else who is listening or who is not listening, like everybody is capable of doing something. And so I want to share that with you throughout the message today to kind of challenge you to think a little bit differently. And as I was preparing for this message uh, I obviously wanted to kind of look up some statistics as to, to where we were in our area, what the, uh, the orphan ratio was, the foster care, all of that. And, and I almost chose uh, to not share those with you because I think it's really easy for you and I to listen to someone share statistics and allow it to be a number that goes in one ear and out of the other. It's really easy to hear someone just share a bunch of numbers with you, and it'd be very impersonal. It'd be very, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a statistic. It's a number. It's a, almost like a, a math formula, if you will. Uh, but I, I, I felt it was, it was important to share these numbers with you so you could truly see uh, the desperate need that, that you and I have to be able to stand up and say yes to orphans and widows and foster care and whatever capacity that may look like. And so as I share these numbers, my challenge to you would be able, uh, would to be to, to, to picture a child's face, 
to, to imagine a child's name when you hear these numbers because every single one of these numbers has a name, a face, a story, and a life attached to it. And so right now, according to most uh, major studies, there are approximately 153 million orphans worldwide. 153 million orphans worldwide. According to several other studies, there are approximately 400,000 children that are in foster care within the United States. Let's bring it home a little bit. In Virginia, there are approximately 5,400 children in foster care. And within the seven cities, there are just at 1,000 children in foster care. As I think about those statistics, 154 million, or excuse me, 53 million orphans worldwide. And then many of these who, who now have a home, if you will, at least a temporary one, are over 400,000. It's astounding. And like I said, it grips me to my core to even think about a child having to go through life in a circumstance or a situation such as many of these childs do. And oftentimes these children are referred to as the forgotten child because they're often overlooked. They're often uh, forgotten. I have several friends and family members uh, who I call family at least who, who are uh, involved in foster care, who are invo- involved in, in adoption. And um, there's one common thing that, that, is, uh, that is prevalent through foster care, through uh, adoption. And it's at the time a, a family goes to pick up a child, whether it's to adopt, whether it's to meet at the Department of Social Service to bring in for foster care. And that common thing is that this kid usually has uh, something like this in their hands. And uh, it's typically a black bag, but it's a bag that has everything that belongs to them in it. When you think about that for a moment, everything that belongs to this child, they travel from home to home or hopefully they're traveling to a permanent home with just a bag full of belongings. As I think about this, I think about how I could go through any aspect of my of my house, any any dimension, whether it's the kitchen, whether it's the bathroom, whether it's my dresser in my bedroom, whether it's my garage, whether it's my shoe cabinet. I could go through any aspect of my life and I could fill a bag up like this in a matter of minutes, maybe even seconds. And it, it's gut-wrenching to know that there are children who face that. There are children who, who this is all they have. But even more so, there's a whole lot more that's, that's empty in their life. And it's not materialistic things. And I believe that God has called you and I as a church to not just fill a bag with materialistic things, but to say yes to Jesus in whatever capacity that may look like in regards to orphan care and to fill not just a bag, but a child's life with, with love, to fill a child's life with, uh, with positivity, to fill a child's life with encouragement, to fill a child's life with safety, a place of refuge, a place of protection, a place that they can belong, a place where they can call someone mom and dad and feel like they are part of a family. And so I know that uh, this is a bit heavy, uh, maybe even, uh, some may even say a bit drastic, but it's a, uh, it's a reality. And so what I wanna do today is 
is, is share two main things with you, but, but the first one is to kind of create a foundation. And here's what I mean. Obviously, uh, we are, we are a new, new church and we've been around for, for almost a year now, but, um, we're actually meeting in person for the first time today with our launch team. Praise God. Um, but we've talked about foster care a little bit. We've talked about how we want to support uh, orphans. But I, I want to lay a foundation because there's some of you right now who are thinking, um, this isn't for me. This, this, isn't, I'm, I'm, this is cool that we're talking about this. I know this is something that Pastor Brian is passionate about. I know this is what our church wants to, to be a part of, but uh, I'm, there's no calling for me in this. And uh, I, I especially want to talk to you today, not in a, in a condemning way, but I want to lay this foundation for you and I. I want to lay this foundation for us as a church because I believe that there are many people who don't see adoption in foster care. Uh, they hear it, they see it, they know it's a reality, but they don't look at it through their eyes. They don't look at it as to how it connects to their life. There's nothing personal to them about it. And I want to I wanna help connect a few dots if I can, because here's what I want you to know. If you are a believer, especially if you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, let me tell you something. Adoption is personal to you. The centrality of the gospel is adoption. Like, like, did you hear what I said? Like, literally, the, the core, the center of the gospel of Jesus, the reason he came to this earth is all wrapped and centered around adoption. And for you and I, if we say we are believers, if we say that we have been entered and adopted and chosen into the family of God, then adoption is personal to us. And so I think for us, we must understand, we must lay this foundation that adoption is not something that just happens at, 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 at a department of social service or a court system or, or that person over there or that missionary over there. And foster care is not something that just you know certain people do. It is the core of who we are as believers. And what greater way for you and I to display what Jesus has done for us than to be a part of something like orphan care and foster care. Listen, we are not all called to do the same thing, but we are all capable of doing something. I don't know if you remember, uh, in 2010, there was a story. Uh, it was more than a story. It was a, an accident um, that took place that literally gripped the attention of, of, of everyone in our country and, uh, and worldwide, as a matter of fact. There were 33 miners who got trapped underground uh, in Chile. I don't know if you remember that story. Most of you probably do. Uh, if not, I'll give you kind of the snapshot of it. That took place uh, in August 5th, 2010. They were mining and uh, their main tunnel, their main entrance collapsed on them and uh, 33 miners uh, were 2,600 feet underground, complete darkness, rocks, gravel, no way out. And uh, it took some time, but August 22nd, so uh, just over two weeks, they finally were able to get a note up to the top uh, of, of the ground, you know, uh, out of the, the cave, out of the mine, uh, because for two weeks, people were wondering, are these people alive? You know, have they all been, you know, squished by all the rocks and the rubble? Like, but they were able to send a note up to tell people um, that they were alive, that they had been living off of uh, sardines and some tuna uh, and a little bit of water that they had down 
with them. On August the 31st, so another week later, uh, they brought in some experts and they created a couple plans and they began drilling uh, with their plan A. Well, plan A wasn't working too well. And so September the 3rd, they came up with plan B and began drilling with plan B. On September 28th, they were uh, almost halfway to where they needed to be with their plan B drilling. And then October 13th, remember they were trapped August 5th. Now, October 13th, the first miner, uh, not miner as in underage, but, but miner, I-M-I-N-E-R, uh, comes up to the surface through a, uh, a, a little contraption that they built. And then 22 and a half hours later, all 33 of them came up. And Mario uh, Sepulvado, I can't really roll my tongue like that. He was the group leader and uh, was the second one to surface. And they interviewed him afterwards. And he shared how as they were, as they were pulling him up, as they, as they were literally, he had been in this cave in pure darkness with literally very minimal to no hope, not wondering what was gonna happen. They put him in, the, in this contraption and he says, I was so afraid as they were pulling me up, all I wanted to see was the light. And they pulled him up and he got to see the light. Listen, all we want to do is see the light. You and I, if you are a believer, at one point in your life, you had zero hope, you had zero way of rescuing yourself, of redeeming yourself, of allowing light to come into your life. But there was a man named Jesus who came and he found you and he saved you and he rescued you and he redeemed you and he adopted you into the family of God. I don't know about you, but it fires me up. I don't know about you, but but adoption becomes a lot more personal to me when I think about the fact that I have been adopted myself. I've been blessed to have biological human parents, but I'd been even more blessed to be adopted by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the name that is above every name. And adoption becomes personal when you think about what Christ has done for you. As I think about these kids, 153 million kids who literally, they have no hope They can't rescue themselves. They can't redeem themselves. They have no light in their life and they need people and families like you and I to step up and to say, I can do something. I'm not called to do the same thing as the person beside me, but I am capable of doing something. And so if you wanna take notes, two things. The first one, you can write this down as this. The heart of God is adoption. The heart of God is adoption. We just talked about this, but but let me just show you. Galatians 4, 4 and 5, it says, but when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Romans 8, 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. As I think about that, think about the heart of God being adoption. The fact that he knew at the right time he was gonna send his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to adopt believers into the family of Christ. I don't know about you, but it becomes a lot more personal. It becomes a lot more personal to me 
to where I began to see what greater way than to display the thing, the only thing that I really can't do on my own, the salvation that takes place, the adoption that comes into the family. What greater way to display what Christ has done for me than to be a part of taking care of orphans in whatever capacity that may look like. And so I challenge you today, for those that say, nah, this isn't for me, may I challenge you to remind yourself of the price that has been paid for you. The adoption that has taken place. A, a bridge that was gapped that you could never cross on your own. And yet now you and I, obviously we, we, we can't even come close to comparing the price that Christ has paid for the sins of the world. But what a represent, representation, a, a, a symbolic that the closest thing that we can give is to, is to give our lives to adopt other people, to help them come across a gap that they would never be able to cross on their own. As I think about loving these children, I'm thinking about the fact that God loved me first. And we love because he first loved us. I think about the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made and again, am I, am I in no way trying to compare what you and I do to what Christ has done for us? But what a way to represent sacrifice when you take care of orphans, when you adopt a child, when you say, yes, I'll be a foster parent, and you sacrifice the things in your life to lay your life down, if you will, to give life, to give hope, to give light, to give restoration, to give rescuing to one of these 153 million children that are in our world. Like, how much more could you represent the love of Christ than that? Like, we have an opportunity, church, to make a difference. And we're not all called to do the same thing. But you and I, are capable of doing something. As I think about this being the heart of God, I then I ask myself, if that's the heart of God, what's his plan for it? Like, okay, God, you're sovereign, you're in control. If this is your heart, obviously you had a heart for sinners, so, so you created a plan. And you sent a man, your son, named Jesus to come and save us. If this is your heart as adoption, what is your plan? And the plan is this. The plan of God for adoption is the local church. It's the church. It's you and I, the body of Christ. Look at this. All throughout scripture, we, we, we just saw that the centrality, the core, the center of the gospel is all about adoption, but it's not just the gospel, it's the, it's the theme that is running all throughout scripture from the very beginning all the way to the end. And here's just a few of them. Isaiah 1, 7, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, and fight for the rights of widows. Deuteronomy 10, 17 and 18, for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. 
James 1.27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I could go on and on with several more verses that goes all throughout the word of God. And he says, church, my bride, the body, you are my plan to take care of this. You, you, no, not not the person over here who's adopted. Not the person over here who has five. You, you are part of this plan. Guys, we're not all called to do the same thing, but we are all capable of doing something. Last week at Pop-Up Church, there was, uh, there was an event, if you will, a conversation that took place that has gripped my heart all week long, and it makes me so proud and excited and... Uh, and passionate all at the same time. We, uh, if you came to Pop-Up Church, you know how we were set up, but if you didn't, we were in a big field along one of the main roads in Portsmouth, and uh, we had some blow-ups, and we had just lots of uh, fun stuff going around. There was a family that drove by, and the little girl asked her mom, can we stop and I can play? And so they pull up, and the little girl takes off, and the husband and the wife, the mom and the dad, they're, they're kind of walking around the field, and I saw her over there, and I went up to her, and this family was a Chinese family. And they had been walking around the field for a few minutes and kind of looking around at our church body and the people that were there. And I walked up, and I introduced myself. I said, hey, how you doing? You know, what's your name? My name's Brian. And uh, she introduced herself, and uh, she said, are you the pastor of this church? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. And uh, she said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, of course. She said, why are there so many Chinese children running around here? And, uh, and I, my, my face just lit up, you know, with, with, with joy. And, uh, but, but she had this like serious face of like, what is actually happening? Like what is actually taking place? And I began to explain to her that, that we have families in our church who, who had adopted uh, Chinese children. And we actually had two more families that came and showed up who actually haven't been a part of our, our church body yet. Uh, and they had several children that they had adopted from there. And so when she said all these Chinese kids, like they were literally uh, like 10 or 12 running around. And, uh, and I began to just share with her uh, the heart of our church and the heart uh, of me and my family and, uh, and her face just lit up with joy. It, it, it was almost like she had, she had found this place that, that, that looked and felt like home to her. And I, I don't know if she'll ever come back. I, I pray that she does. We invited her to come, uh, come back. But, um, but I started thinking about how awesome it is that, that our church represents heaven, that, that we have diversity in our church, not, not just ethnicity, but but also we have, we have this aspect of, of adoption and being rescued. That's heaven, right? Like everybody who's in heaven has been rescued and redeemed and adopted. And here we are, like, like the Lord's prayer, like let your will be done on heaven. I mean, on earth as it is in heaven. Like, like here we are, we're carrying this out. And I don't know what her background was religiously, but, but she looked at me and she was like, well, well, what kind of church is this? After the conversation we had about the children, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, what are you asking? Like, you know, we're Baptocostal, right? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But like, are you talking about denomination? Are you talking about, like, and she was like, no, is this, is this a Christian church? 
And I'm like, yeah, this is a Christian church. And, and we're centered around the gospel of Jesus. And like, I could just see this light bulb moment going off. And I was so excited to be able to have a lady come from a different area and to step into the grounds, if you will, of church called Seven Cities and to look around and say, man, this is beautiful. Church, this is what you and I are called to do. And we're not all called to do the same thing, but we are called and capable to do something. So as I think about so think about what this looks like with our next steps, and, I, and I'm almost done here. Uh, I, w- I want to give I'm going to give you some real next steps that we're going to have, but but I want to just share one thing with you, and I want to tell one more story uh, because I like telling stories. But uh, as I think about the statement that I've said over and over, we're not all called to do the same thing, but we're all capable of doing something. I think oftentimes there's this thought process that in order for me to be a part of orphan care, in order for me to make a difference, in order for me to say yes, that I literally have to bring a child into my home. And that is so far from the truth. If that's what God's calling you and your family to do, don't run from that. Don't neglect that. Be obedient to that. But there are so many different avenues of being able to say yes, to be a part of orphan care. There's a family at our church, and I ask uh, for permission. So I'm going to actually share uh, their names, but I know that uh, she doesn't ever desire any spotlight or attention. But uh, but Ryan and Stephanie Mann, um, they say yes to Jesus in regards to orphan care uh, about a year ago, maybe even longer, and decided that uh, that foster care was going to be uh, the route for them, and if adoption came up on the table, then then they would uh, obviously love that. But um, they stepped out and said yes, and uh, I've had several kids come in and out of their home for uh, for short visits. But um, they got one child that came into their home, and uh, I don't know if you know how foster care works, but every case, I guess, if you want to use that word, is different. Um, but but for many of them, they get to kind of have uh, Zoom calls and FaceTime calls with the parent, the social worker, et cetera. And so uh, I don't know all the details, but I know that Stephanie uh, was able to create a relationship with the mom uh, to this baby that they had in their home. And uh, they found uh, a permanent placement for this baby. And so um, Stephanie had to obviously take the baby and meet the social worker. And uh, and mom happened to be there. And uh, and Stephanie got to spend some time talking to this mom and, and actually gave her a Bible. And uh, the mom had never owned a Bible, uh, came from, from a pretty pretty rough background. And, um, and that was the end of it, right? Uh, Stephanie said goodbye and gave the baby a kiss and, and came back home. And um, through that time, has actually had more kids come into their house. But but through that time, um, the mom actually reached out to Stephanie and stayed in contact um, over, over months now, uh, almost, well, it's probably been close to a year. And uh, just recently, um, this this mom of this baby um, ended up pregnant again and uh, and delivered another baby. And she knew that this baby was going to be taken from her. Um, but this lady is in a place of, of, of desperation, a place of feeling so isolated and alone. She's literally losing everything. And um, 
And because of, of Stephanie's willingness to say yes, obviously saying yes to kids, but, but this is the part I really want you to hear because you don't have to always say yes to this to say yes to what I'm about to say. Um, she actually was able to go to the hospital and, and to sit with this mom um, as she has this baby. I, I can't imagine how this mom must have felt to, to be in a place where she's having a baby that she knows is going to get taken away that, you know, I don't even want to try to share the details of her life, but, but obviously a, a, a mess, a wreck, um, in, a, in a very dark place. And yet we're not all called to do the same thing, but we're all capable of doing something. And Stephanie said, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to get this new baby or not. <laughs> I'll say yes to that too. But I know what I can say yes to. And I'm going to go up and I'm going to just show the love of Jesus by being there. I'm going to just show the love of Jesus by, by letting her know that, that I'm not giving up on her. And that I'm here for her and that I love her. Like There's so many different stories like that. There's so many different avenues and aspects that you and I can say yes to. And so... I don't know what it is for you. And maybe you're like, okay, you know, I want to help. What can I do? Uh, we we want to help you with that. And uh, I, I really wish that we were at a place to where I had this full program, you know, full ministry that we could literally just just say, all right, here we go. Here's here's the thing. And, and we're not there yet, but we're not going to sit back until we get there. We're going to keep taking steps. And so um, there's a new foster care initiative that um, that I'm not at liberty to fully share yet, but I, I'm planning and hoping that this is going to be finalized by the end of the month. And so, um, so I can't wait to share that. But there's two, um, there's two big next steps that, that I want us to, to take together. And the first one right now um, is, is a step that you and I can take right now. And, uh, and it's to pray. It's to literally seek the face of God. We, we just came out of a, a series on prayer. And it's to literally to seek the face of God and to ask God, what is it that I can say yes to in this realm, this reality of orphan care? Are you calling me to adopt? Are you calling our family to actually bring foster kids into our home? Or are you calling me to, to just go, go sit with the mom who, who needs a break because she's got three of her own kids and two foster kids? Are you calling me to, to go grocery shopping for, for a family who just adopted a child? Are you calling me to, to go sit at the hospital with someone like, I could go on and on. There's so many things that you could do. And I'm begging you to just pray to ask God to reveal, what can I do? What can I say yes to? How can I be a part? And let me tell you what not to pray for. Don't pray for God to say, yes, go do it. Because God has already told you yes. God has made it very clear in his word that you and I are to be a part of taking care of orphans and widows. And as I think about this story with Stephanie and the mom, like very rarely do we find a passage of scripture that doesn't list widows with orphans. And as I think about orphans, like, like the true definition of an orphan is a child that, that doesn't literally have a mother or a father. They are deceased. And so I believe that that term is 
is used in in kind of a broad fashion where where we maybe have true orphans, but we also have these kids that that are in foster care. Like we would call that an orphan. In the same way with a widow, there's a true definition of a widow, a a spouse who has had their spouse that has deceased and passed away. But I believe that that word is broad as well. And we can look at it as as widow being a, a single mom, or, or, or whatever, a single dad, or whatever it may be. Like, we have an opportunity to love and to step into this. And so I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to seek the face of God and say, God, what can I say yes to? We're not all called to do the same thing, but I know I'm capable of doing something. And will you tell me, will you reveal to me, will you help me to find out what I'm capable of doing and what I can say yes to? And so that, first and foremost. The second thing that I want to share with you is something that uh, we actually are kicking off today. And uh, it's not fully integrated, I guess, or, or uh, connected on all strings in regards to foster care um, and, and orphan care, but it, but it, is, it is very strongly connected. And so um, this, this right here, Christmas with Mercy Drops. And so if you know, we've partnered with Mercy Drops Dream Center in Portsmouth uh, several times and have continued to build that relationship. And it's such an incredible organization. And I actually got to have lunch with Joe, the founder uh, and the chief dream officer there. And uh, we were just talking and he said, five years ago, uh, a lady, they stepped down and said, hey, how can we help some kids for Christmas? And a lady gave them 25 names. And uh, I was looking across the table and he kind of hesitated. And I said, you're five years in, how many names you got now? And uh, he had this, this overwhelming look on his face and he said, 500. And so this year, Mercy Drops is going to be loving on 500 kids for Christmas. And we at Seven Cities have, uh, have made a commitment to him. Uh, that we're going to take 50 of them. And so we're going to be supporting 50 kids at $50 a piece uh, over the next few weeks. This is literally going to start today. We're going to give you some more information on that coming up um, tomorrow on our, on our social media page. But uh, basically, we have to have all the gifts uh, to Mercy Drops, I think by December the 9th. Don't quote me on that. But um, we'll have all the details um, out tomorrow, but here's what I need you to do. If you're interested in taking a child or multiple children, um, I need you to email info at sevencitieschurchva.com. Obviously, if you uh, have are at our launch right now, our, our launch team at our, at our first uh, Sunday together, we're going to be able to connect you with some names there. But it's broken down into age groups, and it also has some su- suggested gifts so that you know what to do. Let me just emphasize, $50 per kid, not less not more, $50. Make sure you stay on that. If you don't like shopping, that's okay. If you say, hey, here's 250 bucks. I'll sponsor five kids, but I ain't going nowhere near to Walmarts, right? Uh, that's perfectly fine. You just let us know how many kids you want and we'll find somebody to shop for you. And so, uh, man, I'm super excited, honored uh, to be a part of something so spectacular. So church, I want to pray for you. I love you. I'm so thankful for a church that has people uh, whose hearts are so big and open and generous. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about a generous heart, an attitude, a posture to where you say yes to Jesus in whatever capacity that looks like. I'm gonna just tell you, I don't know what it looks like. Pastor Jay and I were just talking about this the other day. He's like, I want you to keep dreaming and I'll help us get there. I got a big, big vision for this. And I want Seven Cities to be known for a church in the Seven Cities that does not look at children 
as overlooked are lost, but that brings them in, not into just our family, but we are used as a vessel to lead them into the family of God. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for adopting us, bringing us into your family. Call us sons and daughters. God, what an honor, what a privilege, what a blessing it is. The greatest family we could ever enter. You had a plan to send your son Jesus to die on a cross for us so that we could be adopted into your family. And I pray right now that there's someone who's listening who has never experienced that type of adoption, that they would, they, would, they would experience that, they would encounter you today, that they would respond to that feeling that they have in their heart and the Holy Spirit is working in them. To say, hey, I admit that I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. That I believe that, God, you sent Jesus to die on a cross. I confess with my mouth that I will live my life for you from this day forward. And that they can be adopted into the family of God right now in this moment. God, I pray over every single person who's listening, who's watching this. Whether they're watching it Sunday morning or, or maybe it's Wednesday afternoon. But God, that they, they are saying, I want to I want to say yes to you Jesus in regards to orphan care whatever it may be I want to say yes I understand that we're not all called to do the same thing but we are capable of doing something and God I'm asking you to reveal to me what it is I'm capable of what it is you want me to say yes to God I pray that there's not a person out here there's not not one single person who's listening who has turned their ear who has turned their heart who has turned their mind away and said no this isn't for me but they would say yes I can help in some capacity God I pray that families are being raised up right now to bring children into their home to literally adopt them into their home from all over the world from different countries from our own backyards from whatever space and place it may be that families are, their hearts are stirring. God, I pray that after this, there's a conversation with a, with a husband and a wife and that they make eye contact with each other and they both already know what they're thinking about. And then one of their own kids comes up and, and says the same thing. God, I pray that you give all the validation and affirmation that a family needs to say, yes, we want to be a part of foster care. Yes, we want to be a part of adoption. Whatever capacity it may be, God, I pray that you are raising us up as a church to say yes to you 153 million kids that you have created and you have knitted in their mother's womb and you know the hairs on their head and you're asking us as the body of Christ as your bride to step up and say yes to bring these children into a forever home God we love you we praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for working in our lives. God, we thank you for giving us everything that we need to say yes to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, I love you guys.